Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. on board here on a Monday. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel sitting in today for Paulie Howard as we are live in downtown Las Vegas, Circus Sportsbook, inside the resort and casino. We'll talk some NBA with Tom Byrne coming up in about five minutes. I know you've talked to Tom quite a bit. Can't wait to get his uh, thoughts on some of these series prices, including, well, I'm looking at the Jazz right now down to minus 130. Yeah. That's at DraftKings. And you have the Clippers plus, plus 140. 140? Yeah. And when you got down in the Clippers to win the NBA title win, uh, so right after, right before Game Six, so they were you know, they needed to win two straight. Uh, here at Circa, they were eleven to one to win the title. So to win the title. Yep. All right, and you like their path right now? I, I love their path right now. You know, I always thought I was I was very confident in a matchup with with Utah. Right, if you look at it on the surface, Utah struggles with elite mid range scores. Chris Paul tore him apart. John Morant had a really good series against them. You have Kawhi Leonard. There's really nobody on that team that commands a double that's going to throw this defense for a whirl like Luka Doncic did. Yeah, I think the path is there. And like I mentioned, you know, two games, and you know, we could talk a lot about the regular season matchups. They destroyed Phoenix in two regular season matchups statistically. You know, other than the one without Kawhi Leonard, I love their path to an NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, how about this in the Eastern Conference? The Sixers had the second best defense in the league this year. Mm-hmm. They allowed 108 points per game. The Hawks had 74 on the road in the first half. 74 on the road. They shot lights out. Trey Young was awesome yet again. But watching that game the whole time, you saw the Sixers made that huge run late. Come on, the Hawks, are they going to do that again? No. Uh, Just look at the second half. The second half was kind of a nightmare for Atlanta, if you looked at it in their last game. Philadelphia held them two in the second half. 
One point per possession. They had a negative 32.1 net rating. Negative 32.1. Negative 32.1. Offensively, Philadelphia had an offensive rating of 132. And this is, again, when you talk about... And the S word is what I've been used ad nauseum. Sustainability. First half. Is that sustainable? And I will give the, the Hawks credit, right? Some of the things they did, exploiting above the break three-point shots, getting to within four feet of the basket, those are two areas that defensively Philadelphia kind of struggled with, right? Giving up a lot of shots at the rim, 19th and above the break three-point shooting by opponents. But when you're shooting like 50% from those areas of the floor, those things aren't going to be sustainable. And sure enough, second half, it wasn't. Yep, totally agree. Here's the thing that concerns me a little bit for the Sixers. Like, Embiid was fantastic yesterday. What do you have, 39, I believe? Mm -hmm. Now, this probably could be a thing for him for the rest of the series or the rest of the playoffs. Did you see with like 13 seconds left, I believe, or 16 seconds left, there was a timeout? He looked like, I know it's very easy to make fun of him, like he looks like an old man walking off the court. Right. He was slow. He looked wobbled. Uh, he looked injured, quite frankly. Yep. I don't know how close to 100% he can possibly be in this series against the Hawks. Yeah. And he's still at 39. Yep. But they need, he needs help. He does, and I would agree with that, too. There's no dynamic pick-and-roll players on Philly, right? Uh It's just give it to Embiid and let's see what happens from here. So I I would agree with that sentiment that ultimately that holds them back. But in a series like this against Atlanta, like that second half, not that extreme, but that was a little bit more indicative of how that might play out. Plus the Hawks had no idea how to finish the game. Correct. I mean, it felt like the final two minutes took like half an hour, and it probably did. But it's like, guys, you you led by 20. It's down to like two. Well, and lost in all of it, too. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, like what's going on with the knee? Right, the fact uh-huh. that Solomon Hill had to start the game, like that's uh-huh. kind of a problem. NBA betting with Tom Byrne coming up next. On one hand, the Bucks were six of thirty from downtown. On the other, the Nets won and covered without James Harden. Does he love the Nets moving forward, or is now the time to buy Milwaukee? This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Brooklyn Nets today without James Harden, who suffered a hamstring injury in the first minute of the Nets 115-107 win over the Bucks in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference semifinal series. Brooklyn today laying a point and a half at Barclays Center, total 233 in the hook. Phoenix opens up Game 1 of the Western Conference semifinals at home. That's a four-and-a-half point favorite over the Nuggets, 219-and-a-half the total. In the NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, East Division second round game five. Boston laying a dollar eighty a home against the Islanders, five over at TD Garden Series, even at two games apiece. These set experts are analyzing all the action in the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Andy McNeil, our hockey expert, will give you all the analysis on the ice, while our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel gives you all the information you need to bet and win in the NBA. Sign up now for your free 10-day trial at vcin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vcin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. It's time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. So there's a new feature here on the website at vcin.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits every game, major sports, current odds, and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And, of course, we have all of the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at the website, which is vcin.com. Dot com. Tom Byrne joins the program here to lead off the hour, host of uh, SiriusXM 
NBA postgame show and on Mad Dog Radio as well. We'll talk NBA playoffs, betting numbers with him. Tom, good morning. Thanks for the time today. How are you? Mitch, I appreciate you having me. JVT, always good to speak with you. You know, I want to bring you. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you, obviously. Let's, uh, I want to bring up JVT's bet that we just talked about, Tom, because I know that you're high on the Jazz, and I know other people who are really high on the Jazz here in Las Vegas uh, and have been throughout the entire year. JVT bet the Clippers at plus 140, though, to win this series. Um, what, what do you make of that number? I'm looking at some books. They're down to plus 105, so I'm guessing based on how that has moved, you're probably going to say it's probably a good bet? Yeah, listen, here's the problem with making a play before the series. Mike Conley's injury. And I know a lot of people listening are saying, well, Mike Conley's not that big a deal. He's not necessarily a superstar. But at the same time, he means a ton to Utah. You guys know this. In fact, if you look at his estimated plus minus, he's ninth in the league right now. Does that mean we believe Mike Conley is the ninth most important player in the league? Not necessarily. I'm just providing context. If that hamstring is bulky and he can't go, this is a different Jazz team. I'd argue he's been more important to the Utah success this season than somebody like Donovan Mitchell, who's widely considered to be their best player, which I think is ridiculous. Rudy Gobert is their best player. But as JVT knows, I'm on the other side. I'm just waiting to play this game. I'm looking at the first number. Let's see. It's at three and a half now. Some shots. Not surprisingly, it's been bet down from the opening number at four. If I get news Conley plays, I'm playing Utah. If not, then yes, I think then you're looking at a situation where the Clippers have to value on them, and that series price is pretty short. Tom, so when I look at this, you know me, we've talked about this a lot, big on matchups on the court on top of the numbers. You know, when I watch this from a matchup perspective, you know, Utah doesn't really have the guy that commands the double team like Luka Doncic does, right? The Clippers can get a little bit more basic. They can throw guys one-on-one. They can feel comfortable in those types of matchups. You know, Utah has struggled with elite mid-range scorers. Chris Paul did well against them. Uh, John Morant just did very well against them. They have Kawhi Leonard. And and I go back to, and maybe this is unfair, but remember the regular season they ripped off the Utah, like the 22-24 wins. They were looking spectacular. They play back-to-back games against the Clippers, and then on that last game, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they're back on the floor, and what happens? They, they get a 116-112 win. I just think from a matchup perspective, this is a problem with Utah, even at full strength. With that assessment, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think if you really break it down that thoroughly, then you're going to come away you know, a little concerned, I guess, is the way I put it about Utah and some mm-hmm. of these matchups. But here's the other side of the coin, JVT, and you and I have discussed this. Do we trust Ty Lue? to make everything look like it should in terms of these matchups. And by that, I mean Quinn Snyder is the better of the two coaches. When I look at Ty Lue, I can't help but remember he took over a team that was 31-10. They only had Kyrie for 15 games. But we all gave Ty Lue all the credit in the world. I give him credit because he makes these guys feel comfortable. If your point is, all right, let's see, Ty Lue, he deserves some credit here after the first round. I hear a lot of people saying this. Because their team was poised, they were ready to play, they were down two games to none, they were down three games to two, they were ready to go. All right, that's part of the job description, too. But is he going to make the requisite adjustments? Like, guys are getting on Brad Stevens, but I can't get on Brad Stevens. I mean, the reality is, how many times do we see that one three pick and roll get Boston into whatever they wanted against the mighty Brooklyn Nets? And it's one of the reasons they stole a game, because Brooklyn stupidly kept switching everything relentlessly. So, you know, sometimes it's weird to me the way we evaluate coaches, long story short. It's about the talent you have on your team. I don't think Ty Lue's some special coach because he beat Dallas. They should have beat Dallas. So you're right, JVT, long story short, about some of the matchups, the way this could play out. But do we trust Ty Lue to make all these decisions on the fly against somebody like Quinn Snyder, who has been better than the general public knows as a head coach? 
Tom, how about the other series in the Western Conference? The Suns are laying around $2 here as the favorites. We get going tonight, about 4.5 points as the favorite in game number one. I went back and looked at the box scores, and Jamal Murray uh, played rather well against this team this year. He had 31 the first time they played, 18 the second, yeah. and 26 the third game. Obviously, there is no Jamal Murray for the series. And Michael Porter, like either he didn't play, he played limited minutes, or he was really a non-factor. We've seen what this kid is capable of doing uh, with no Jamal Murray now on this court. But how do you break down this series, and who do you like? Yeah, how Michael Porter Jr. lasted until the 14th pick of that draft is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how that happened. But getting back to your question, listen, I jumped on the four. I was surprised. I saw it open at five and a half at some shops. Waited, thought that was a fair number, dropped the four. I jumped on that. I think Phoenix is the right side here. I'm not going to overreact to Denver beating Portland because JVT knows this. He and I battled about Portland. Portland was never going to be as good as the general public thought they were going to be, or a lot of sharp guys thought they were going to be. I couldn't believe how much smart money was on the other side, Portland, in that series. Why? I, I get that Denver was shorthanded in the backcourt, but Portland can't defend the three of us if we decide to play ball. I mean, it's ridiculous. My model had them the 13th best team in the league. In other words, they were fraud. So I'm not going to adjust my power rating too much based on the series win over Portland. I like this Phoenix team an awful lot. Yes, I'm a little concerned about the shoulder of Chris Paul, but he gets more time to rest it here. You know, DeAndre Ayton's not Nikola Jokic. Jokic is going to eat. We know that. But I think Ayton's good enough to make him work. Ayton will get on the offensive glass, too. Booker's rolling right now. I like this Phoenix team in this series. I don't expect it to be a seven-game series. I think four is a very good price for the Suns in game one. Yeah, Tom, I bet this Phoenix exact series, I think it was six. Like, you know, Jokic, we talk about a guy like Tatum being able to steal the game. Jokic is probably going to take one or two here. And you mentioned it, like, from yeah. when you've seen from Aiton, I think he's gotten better. But statistically, when he's on the floor, defensive rating increases by about 2.2 points every 100 possessions. Yeah. Mid-range shooting gets a lot worse or better, I guess you'd call it for opponents. Those are kind of some areas that Jokic is going to thrive. Like, this is one where I don't even know if Barton's going to come back. Like, that's the other factor, right? Are we ever going to see Barton again? I'm not sure. And while Will Barton did not have a great year this season, last season he was really good. So we know what he's capable of doing. And with the absence of Jamal Murray, the loss of Barton, and by the way, he's not the only other guy out, too. They're missing three guards. I think this is the series where the injuries in the backcourt really start to show themselves. You figure at one time or the next, there's going to be a place in this series where the absence of Jamal Murray shows itself to yep. be a big factor. Yep. Because in high-leverage moments, he's their guy. We saw it in the bubble. This is probably that series. Okay, so I'm looking at the series prices across the board. We're talking to Tom Byrne here on Follow the Money, Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. And the Nets against the Bucks, Tom, really not that big of an adjustment. They're around minus 210, right. minus 220. They already took game one. And, you know, on, as I said earlier, on one hand, here you have the Bucks. They shot 6 of 30 from downtown in the first game. They shot poorly from downtown against Miami in game one. We saw that turned around. But on the other hand, the Nets lost James Harden in the first like 45 seconds of the game and still kind of coasted in the second half to a victory. How do you look yep. at this series moving forward? Time to buy now on Milwaukee, or do you really like the Nets? Well, I already took the 2.5. That number's gone. It's down to 1.5 in game yep. two. Yep. But here's, here's where I am. I, I think Milwaukee could win game two. And they're obviously going to shoot better, to your point. It's an excellent point. The numbers are going to regress to the mean. But I also think the Nets can go in the Pfizer form and take one there. In fact, if I adjust my ratings here in my model and assume James Harden's out, I still come away with this as basically a pick So I think they're evenly matched even without Harden. 
I did not have this like most people did go in seven games before the series. I had Brooklyn winning it in five, maybe six, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Obviously, I don't look at it that way now that James Harden is out. But to your point, Mitch, I still think, you know, look at the series price. They didn't adjust it too much. I wouldn't play it yet because I could see Milwaukee taking game two. That might be the time to get some real value on the Nets. Going back to Pfizer form, you guys know what the narrative would be. Well, James Harden's not returning. This is over. Milwaukee's going to win the next two. That's when maybe the value comes in on the Nets. Hey, Tommy. uh, Well, you're right. I think you're right, too. And I was making the case. You know, we, we talk about all these numbers and the fact that Milwaukee might not shoot 17.2%. I was making the case that, you know, against the 29th-ranked perimeter defense, the Brooklyn Nets might shoot better than 38.5%, right? Like, according to Cleaning the Glass, they were the second-best three-point shooting team. You know how much I hate this perimeter defense of Milwaukee. And the other sneaky right. thing here is, you know, Brooklyn was really bad from an efficiency standpoint in transition. Like, those are two areas of the floor which Brooklyn can actually improve going forward in this series. No question. I think it's funny when we listen to... Any sports radio host starts talking about the fact that Milwaukee's defense is incredible. They can lock down Brooklyn on the perimeter with Giannis and Drew Holiday. Yeah, in theory, you would assume that to be the case, right? But if you dig into the numbers, to JVT's point, this has long been the case under Coach Bud. Even when their defense was number one or number two in the league in years past, they've always had these issues guarding the perimeter. And if you could get their defense rotating, that means if you could get some penetration, get them rotating, they're dead. And the other thing to consider is, I've heard from many people, former coaches, people who would know, guys just don't trust Coach Bud in big spots to make the proper adjustments. And one of the reasons why is they're not creative enough in the regular season, maybe they were a little bit more creative this year, but it didn't work. So if it doesn't work, why would I be excited about it working in the postseason? So, yeah, I think this is a fascinating series. Listen, I'm not surprised James Harden's not going to play. I listened to the audio after game one, and you're listening to the head coach say it's heartbreaking. They're listening to Kevin Durant say, well, we'll try to keep him involved somehow. Right away, I hit Milwaukee because that told me he's not playing. That's not typically what you hear after. Mm-hmm. I got to think that James Harden might be missing. And I know he walked off under his own, his own power, missing more than just this one series. And if he does, man, mm-hmm. think about how wide open the East is. Mitch, by the way, to, to put some numbers out there, uh, cor- or all three-point percentage for opponents against Milwaukee, 39.3%, 29th in the NBA. Corner three-point shooting yep. by opponents, 44.3%, 30th in the NBA. Non-corner three-point shooting, 37.9%, 26th in the NBA. That's yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. Not good. No, not, not good. at all. It's pretty, I mean, what you just said, though, Harden could be missing for quite a while. If you think that you know could be a thing and be accurate, I mean, that absolutely changes everything, and I don't know. What do you, do you think the Hawks are live to win this series? They were awesome yesterday, but we talk about sustainability. I just, I don't, they were so good, and they had 74th the first half, and that kind of shooting I don't think is going to continue. No, I don't. In fact, I was waiting anxiously by my phone, waiting for that number to pop up, and I hit it right away. I think Philadelphia has a little something for Atlanta in game two. Now, listen, give Atlanta all the credit in the world, and yep. I'm sure down in Atlanta they're making an argument with James Harden's hamstring, with Embiid's lateral meniscus. Maybe we have a chance here. And look, McMillan deserves all the credit in the world. I'd be very surprised if Philadelphia doesn't handle their business. I think there's a blueprint now. They've got to put some full-court pressure into the game plan. You can't do it for 48 minutes. It's the NBA. It's not college basketball. But you could definitely throw it in there from time to time. Doc Rivers did an awful job, guys. Let's be yeah. fair yes. about Doc. First, what in the world are you doing putting Danny Green, who's about 80 years old, on Trey Young for the entirety of the first half? He drops 25. Finally, he wakes up in the second half and says, oh, you know what? That's right. we got two of the best perfect defenders <laughs> in the sport in Ben Simmons and Matisse Stiebel. Maybe we'll put these guys on him. And Trey Young is, you know, 10 points in the second half. That's a major difference. Secondly, he went with the bench unit way too long. 
I mean, they got their rear ends kicked. They were part of that 17 nothing run. By the time the starters got back in, game was over. If you look, all five starters were a positive in the game, but the bench units were so pathetic, they lost. So I think Doc Rivers is going to make the adjustments here. No, I wouldn't jump on Atlanta right now. I think Philadelphia's still to play. In fact, I would argue, guys, tell me if I'm wrong, from the Philadelphia perspective, before the game, if you would have told me, all right, you could take an L in game one, but Joel Embiid plays and plays effectively. Or you could, you know, take the win, but Embiid doesn't play, and there's still a lot of uncertainty about his future. Without hesitation, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm saying, all right, give me that L, give me Embiid. Yep. Yeah. As long as you go out there and play, for sure. So, Tom, just confirm. You said that you uh, got the Bucks early. At, was it two and a half, you said? Yeah, I got the Bucks at two and a half. Yep, but I got Philadelphia at the opening number as well, four and a half. I believe that's up to five now, too, though. Yep, and, and the other game tonight, did you say that you found that you waited patiently and you got the Suns at minus four? Yes, I took the Suns at four. I saw it open at five and a half at the yeah. top that used Combi as their odds makers. I was surprised to see it got all the way down, midst the four. That's when I jumped in. I think that's too much value to surpass. Very good. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at one Tom Byrne, spelled B-Y-R-N-E, host, Sirius XM, NBA postgame show, and Mad Dog Sports Radio. Excellent spot, Tom. Thanks for coming on today. We appreciate that. Good to talk to you, man. Anytime, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Yep. He got some good numbers there. Uh, he was right over the Bucks, right on the Bucksing immediately, yep. grabbing that two and a half. Where do you think that number goes tonight? What is it now? That's a one and a half. I'd say Nets will probably close one, one and a half. You think so? Yeah, I don't think they'll There's no close. chance like this There's, is going to swing the other way? There should not be. A, they should You're not good at reading this stuff in the NBA. Yeah. You're really good at it. They, they should probably sit around one, one and a half. By the way, too, we were talking about Atlanta. Think about this. Remember like a month ago, there was this new group that was out there betting all sorts of oh, Atlanta yes. Hawks futures. Oh, right? yes. It hit the Westgate, hit DraftKings, hit a whole bunch of spots. You know, And you know, doing some digging, it was like a, it was a new group, not so much like a storied sharp group, but still. They were out there hammering Atlanta and a lot of these futures. Huge numbers. Yeah. Well, I find it fascinating this year. And this is actually, I hope this is going to be a thing in the NBA moving forward because somebody who likes, you know, talking about futures and yep. betting on futures, um, the NBA for a long time has basically been what college football is today. Hell, I mean, I, I can go back to, you know, when Kobe was in his prime and Tim Duncan was still around. Charles Barkley's on national TV saying on opening night, probably 2008, 09, whatever, Oh, there are three teams that can win the title. Yeah. And, you know, made me think, like, you know what? He's probably right. And it's been like that for a long time because you have these super teams and LeBron's been in the league and so dominant. Like, really, oh, going back oh, at the beginning of the season, realistically, like three, four teams, that's it, could maybe win the title. This year, I, look, look, look at how many teams can win the title this year. In the next year or two, there's the potential that the league is entering such a good era of parity uh, yeah. that, that it's unbelievable. Look at the Final Four in the West. Right, it is Utah, it is Phoenix, it is Denver, and it is the Los Angeles Clippers, not the Los Angeles Lakers. Right, right? you look at the East, where that's wide open. Like what, what we could be talking about in the next few years in terms of five, six, seven teams with the potential to win the title. I think it's going to be incredible. I mean, there's so much talent in the NBA right now; it's just oozing out of the league. Watered down. Yeah, you have a guy like Lillard who is just—I mean, he's so good. They can't get out of the first round now, and he could be on New York next year. Like it's that's crazy where he could go, man. Up next, uh, something to monitor in Major League Baseball as one team executive said it should be the biggest scandal in sports. Details next.
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Today from the OddsTrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. Live in-game odds and stats, in-game tracking tools, and you can compare sports and sign-up bonuses at OddsTrader.com. Have you been uh, tracking spin rate in baseball for the last couple of years? Um, one of my favorite things that I ever noted was uh, the fact that, remember, so when the Astros go get Justin Verlander, they go get Garrett Cole, and like just at it, like Garrett Cole wasn't a bad pitcher. Like he goes from really good to just outright dominant. Yeah. Right. Justin Verlander all of a sudden out of nowhere just rekind like rekindled yeah, the flame is back, yeah. right? 
And then you look at some of the writing, the writing behind it. It's like, yeah, the spin rate's just insane. It just yep. it came out of nowhere. Yep. Oh, I wonder what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say though, like trying to tra- from a betting perspective, right? right? Trying to track spin rate, like updated spin rate, is a little complicated mm-hmm. from individual pitchers, like this year compared to previous years. And then because there's a, there are some really good, and, and I'm downplaying it, there are really some like amazing baseball websites out there. Fangraph certainly is ridiculous. This baseball savant baseball, is tremendous, yep. but like then you got to break down the spin rate this year of the fat, you know, fastball, curveball, slider, sinker, and then go back to previous years and what the percentages overall mean. But if you can figure out the guys who are, you know, who have had the spin rate really increase, mm-hmm. or like on their pitches over the last couple of years, maybe it's time to start betting against them, JVT. And I'll tell you why. Here's this is from SI.com, and now like this is really picking up steam, and a lot of people are writing about it. And it's becoming more apparent that baseball is going to, you know, potentially step in here and do something. But I'll read you a couple of paragraphs here from SI.com. To understand the fiasco of baseball's 2021 season, which people around the game describe as sullied by rampant cheating to a degree not seen since the steroid era, all you have to do is pick up a ball, then try to put it back down. One ball made its way into an NL dugout last week where players took turns touching a palm to the sticky material coating it and lifting the baseball. Adhered to their hand into the air. So they touch mm-hmm. it like this, and it goes like this, and it comes up to their hand. Like, you got to be kidding me, right? Another one, corralled in a different NL dugout, had clear enough fingerprints identified in the goo that opponents could mimic the pitcher's grip. And a third one, also in the National League, was so sticky that when an opponent tried to pull the glue off, three inches of seams came off with it. (laughs) So this stuff is like oozing, like literally out of, and you see this now all the time, where they have like the cameras catch the pictures at the perfect angle. Yep. They'll have the glove. They'll jam the ball in there. Yep. Do I have enough on there at this point? Okay, now I'm good to go, right, with all that goo and the sticky substances on there. Um, From the dugout, as I continue here from SI.com, Players and coaches shake their heads as they listen to pitchers' deliveries. Quote, you can hear the friction, said one American League manager. They recently, uh, the re- recently retired pitcher likens it to the sound of ripping off a Band-Aid. A major league team executive says his players have examined four balls and found the Major League Baseball logo torn straight off the leather. Another Major League Baseball team executive said, quote, this should be the biggest scandal in sports. And an SI analysis of StatCast data suggests that one team in particular leads the industry in spin. It is the defending champion Los Angeles Dodgers. And according to the data, LA has, by a large margin, the highest year-to-year increase of any club in spin rate on four-seam fastballs, which are considered a bellwether pitch. In fact, their four-seam spin rate is higher than that of any other team in the StatCast era. There is no proof the Dodgers are doctoring baseballs, but nearly across the board, their hurler spin rates on that pitch have increased this season from last. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Bauer has been at the center of this spin rate. Again, no proof that he uses sticky stuff, but the increase of his uh, spin on his four-seam fastball has gone from 2358 RPM in 2019 to 2835 this year. And it's drawn notice from many in the game, all from SI.com. Yep. And... Last couple of starts, Bauer hasn't been as effective as he has. Right. Uh, after it comes down, Garrett Cole, five earned runs. In exactly start, exactly right? right. Yeah. Spin rate. Yeah. Through the roof on Garrett Cole. Through the roof on Trevor Bauer. 
and evidently they are going to be cracking down. Who knows? I mean, it's Major League Baseball, so they're certainly taking their time. Like, this was like kind of an afterthought. It was written about by guys like Ken Rosenthal all the way back in early April, but it's like, where's the rug? Let's, let's bury this here for a little while. And it's gotten so egregious, they're like, eh, I'll probably get stuff up and do something pretty soon. Well, it's funny. We talk about the three true outcomes in offense and how bad it's gotten. Yep. This has begun largely unchecked for a really long time. Yep. And now they have a problem. Up next, we'll get into tonight's hockey games on the betting board. Only two of them. We have a back-to-back and a pretty substantial favorite at home. And JVT made a really good bet on a series price a couple of games ago. Well, it looks really good right now. I'll explain that coming up next. If you're a horse racing fan, First Bet, the place for you with wagering on races at over 300 tracks and AI-assisted picks. It is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport with secure payments, intensive customer service, and a reliable website all brought to you by ExpressBet. Sign up using the promo code Vegas100 today. Get up to 100 bucks match bonus on your first deposit. Visit vcin.com slash horses for details. vcin.com slash horses, promo code Vegas100. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Jonathan Von Tobel and uh, Mitch Moss with you here. Mitch is right. <laughs> Mitch is alongside. Um, work through this, a little bit of a microphone issue. Regardless, uh, Mitch had mentioned this when we were coming out. So uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in this series against Colorado Avalanche, they even the series up yesterday, Mitch, 2-2, get a 5-1 victory over the Colorado Avalanche. And this has been a series that has been pretty intriguing since the second period of Game 2, right? Because when you looked at the way that these two were playing and the way that the even strength the numbers were playing out the Vegas Golden Knights have really dominated shot selection for the most part yeah uh, it, it had been absolutely incredible and if you figured after game two despite the fact that they were down two nothing there were a lot to like about Vegas so decided to go in a little bit serious price point plus 540 on Vegas man that's game a two. great job it's, it looks awesome right now it really so does far. well and look like what am I thinking is like in hockey I think we in basketball it's a little bit more important because in hockey there is one guy who can change the outcome of an entire series, right? If it's a goaltender who is playing extremely well, anything like that, like you can kind of overcome home ice advantage for the most part. Sure. Or if you have an offense with it, the Vegas Golden Knights are just dominating the shot share and time of possession, all of these things. Uh, you can even a series up pretty quickly. And look, look what the Canadians are doing. So they're in a pretty good spot, man. Okay, so if you really think about what's going on in the series, mm-hmm. Golden Knights and the Avalanche, consider, you know, go back to game one. It was a terrible spot for Vegas, right? They were coming off of a late-night Friday night win in Game 7 at home against the Wild. They then had to immediately turn around and travel to Colorado and play Sunday. You can pretty much argue that they conceded Game 1 to the best team in hockey. Yes. Or the highest power-rated team in hockey by many, right? They threw out Robin Leonard, and he was a disaster. And the Avalanche, to their credit, they looked amazing. 
So they essentially conceded game one of the series, meaning they had to win four of the next six against this team. And since that game, they were the better team from the second period, like you talked about, in game number two. And since then, they have been the better team now for like eight consecutive periods. Dude. It's nuts. If you look at some of the numbers in terms of like the analytics behind the series at even strength, they have dominated shot share, right? Course four percentage of 58% for the Knights. How about doubling up the, the avalanche in high danger chances at this point right now through this series? I think high danger chances at this point, according to the natural stat trick, 46 to 22 in this series in favor of the wow. Vegas Golden Knights. If you look at the expected goals for 9.7 to four and a half for Colorado. Like, it has been statistical dominance for the Vegas Golden Knights at even strength. I mean, again, go back to what Game 1 looked like. Mm-hmm. That looked like, I mean, one of the best Olympic teams in history compared to, like, one, uh, you know, small, you know. It looked like uh, me look- the first time I tried roller hockey. Yeah, right? I was exactly. playing goal for my buddies down at Sahara and Maryland Parkway, and I got destroyed by a 16-year-old. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a total mismatch, yep. right? The ga- Game 1 was an absolute mismatch. And you're like, when the Avalanche go on the power play, forget about it. You can't stop them. And even the Golden Knights power play, it's like you're, if you have a bet on them, you're pulling your hair out thinking, guys, why is the puck in the other end half the time? Mm-hmm. Like, why does it not look like you're on the power play and the other team almost has the advantage? And then like you talked about, five on five, it's like, get out of our way because here we come. And there's no, nothing that's going to slow us down whatsoever. And how this series is flipped. And even before last night, I was looking, I saw the Golden Knights that were higher than plus $3 to win the series. I'm like, that's a, I didn't bet it, probably should have. But I was thinking, that's a pretty good number. And looked great again last night. I, the whole thing has just been nuts, though, from, from that second game yeah. to where we're at right now. Because Colorado is awesome. They're really good. And now all of a sudden, the Golden Knights for like three games in a row, like, yeah, they're the better team. And then I, I don't care for tonight, by the way. A back-to-back yeah. in, in the Canadian division. What are we doing? We, you can't play Tampa and Carolina here, which, by the way, the second period of that game on Saturday was off the rails. Yep. I mean, how many goals were scored in that period? But play that game tonight and then push back. We get Montreal. and But they credit this team. Do you think Edmonton's pissed off right now? To go out in a sweep yep. to Winnipeg? And they're watching, you know, the Canadians just go right through this team? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're laying a bit, you know, that number was uh, very small compared to where it is right now. I'm looking at the Canadians up to as high as $1.55 in this game tonight. Yeah. And the total is five and a half. Well, and I always wonder this, and this has always been my thing with, with hockey analytics, that sometimes it has always really intrigued me from a couple of standpoints. But, like, if you look at, like, Montreal and what they've been able to do, too, like, and this has really played out, they've also been, like, statistically dominant, like, across the board. 7.3 expected goals, 4 to 4.6. They've lost the shot share, but a lot of those times, you'll see this, right, where a team will go up and then they'll just, you know, park the bus, for sure. lack of a better term, and, and let the other team pepper them with shots from the perimeter. But, like, where this has come from for Montreal like, in terms of, I think, a lot of people, like, Carey Price, goal, that their offense has been freaking incredible. It's been good. It's been insane it's what been they've been really able good. to do. Yep. I don't know. I think probably easy to say that, well, the competition here, again, who they're playing. I think I think no matter what would happen in this series, if it was flipped, if the mm-hmm. Jets were taking apart the Canadians, I think people would say, eh, the Canadians aren't very good. Right. I think that's what, I think that'd be the, because I think no, no matter what, especially after Toronto and Edmonton got beat, I think it was going to be, well, this team... Coming out of the Canadian division, they're going to get blasted in the next round because they're not very good. Yeah, and I think they're, they're going to be. I mean, what's the next series price? Well, I mean, if it's what is it going to be? Colorado and the Golden Knights will get the the winner of this, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that winner. The winner is going to be four fifty. You think they'll be that high? Beat huh? the Canadians? Yeah, that'll be pretty high. What was Colorado? I think Colorado was five dollars against St. Louis. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but. 
but the way the Canadians are playing, yeah, I guess it might be a little bit lower than that. But uh, tonight, the Bruins, um, great series here. They are laying as high as a dollar ninety as we speak, and the Islanders you can find about a plus one sixty five dog in the game. The Bruins, man, it's going to be tough for me to turn down plus one sixty. More than that on the on the Islanders tonight. But the Bruins have only lost twice in their last 13 home games going back to the regular season. You know, what New York has done defensively, though, since game one has, I know. Been, has been really incredible. Like in Playing from the goal out the way that they have done, and it leads you to some wins a lot of the times. But if you look at what Boston has done at even strength, like they've had the edge in a lot of these games. It's just they have not been able to crack it. Mm-hmm. $1.90. $1.90. And I'll tell you, the way that uh, what game three ended... Marchand, that mm-hmm. goal, that impossible angle. I mean, if that doesn't go in, I know it's what it could have showed that we're talking about mm-hmm. here, and it's dangerous to get into that kind of trap, but uh, very close series so far. I think when you look at it from an even strength standpoint, there, there is a reason why that price is so high here on Boston. I just don't know if I, I, I can think, swallow it. I know, I know. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We will discuss sports books decision. Uh, decisions on John Rahm outright to the memorial. Which side of the fence do you fall on? That's coming up next. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRiver Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook, offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700, Michigan, one 800 7117 Virginia 1 3500 Iowa call 1 800 bets off. Tweet here from uh, Toby 1472 on Twitter. Uh, after the segment last week that we did here on VSIN, he said that uh, he grabbed VGK plus 650 to win the series. Nice. Now he's got the best of three. He can lock in a profit somehow. Yeah. And you grabbed plus 540? Yeah, that was here at Circuit. Yep. Man, looks pretty good right now. I'll tell you that. They have been tremendous. Uh, the email here on the show is FTM at vcin.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at vcin live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard and uh, and at me, JVT. Um, we talked about this a little earlier, about an hour or so ago, the John Rom story yesterday and how sports books handled their, you know, the outrights on Rom, the top fives, the top tens. I know that you said that actually people were looking like they were asking sports books, why didn't you pay Patrick Cantley third round leader? Right. Wow. So a lot of the feedback coming in, and if you miss it earlier, we can go back over our discussion. What we had then is, uh, you know, it's up to the sportsbook how they want to like operate this kind of stuff. Um, and it would be great to get refunded on, on losing bets occasionally. Uh, so they can, if books do that, that's totally fine. For other books out here in Nevada, it's not going to happen very often. Circa, it was a loser. Westgate, it was a loser. And I just said, I, I think that we've already gotten to the point of where, like, recreational betters now expect this to be the norm. Mm -hmm. Like, they expect to be paid out in some fashion when something like this happens. By the way, it wasn't over with for what it's worth, right? I mean, Rom had a six-shot lead. He was like minus 12 or minus $14 to win the event. Crazier things have happened, for sure. They get 18 holes left. (laughs) But if you're... Yeah, he did. If you're complaining... And we we showed this uh, Twitter feed earlier about certain people in Circa got involved in Matt Metcalf, and people were like, well, you're never going to get my money. And other people were asking, how is it a losing bet... My question is, how was it a winning bet? Like, and now we've gotten to the point of where certain people, and evidently there are a lot of them, expect this to be greater to winner. That that part's bizarre to me. 
Right. You you would not be reaching out and complaining and telling you know Circa that you're going to be taking your business elsewhere if he had torn his ACL. Absolutely if he, not. If he had been injured. And Actually, is, you know what? Huh? People. Some people might. Uh, potentially, right? Yeah, Maybe down the point. road yeah. at some point. Yeah. You're right. But like at the end of the day, like this is the whole point, right? It is like it is very smart business, I think, to offer these you know bad beat insurance or any you know however sure. you want to phrase it, because at the end of the day, when it comes to situations like this. For lack of a better term, you have trained your audience to kind of expect this, and then you might look if it's if that person who tweeted at Circa, "Hey, I'm not going to take my business to you anymore." That one per if you really got that one person to flip, like that, that is from a business model standpoint, it has helped your bottom line, and so you understand why this happens. But as a better to one demand this of operations, I think is foolhardy. You can't do that. You have to clearly understand what the promotion is. The other part is again understand what you're getting here. You're, William Hill, I think, was the only book, from what I understand reading, that actually paid out customers, right, in terms of real money that you can withdraw. But if we're talking about the other sites, talking about site credit, drafting dollars, things like that, those are a little bit different. You've got to mm-hmm. play those through. You don't get sure. to withdraw those. And so at the end of the day, it's a goodwill gesture, and it's awesome for betters to wake up and think you had a loser, and you get a little bit back in your account that you can play through. No doubt. But to demand it and then to slight an operation to not do so, when the house rules clearly dictate that that's a loser, Dangerous. that's that's where you get to like, okay, like let's relax here a little. Bit. I'm not a fan of that whatsoever. And right. like you said earlier, you're going to find like here at Circa, I mean, you're going to find and Westgate does. They put up some really good odds on the uh, golf as well. Here at Circa, their their whole percentage, and they tweet it out all the time at Circa Sports on Twitter. Like their whole percentage is incredibly low compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you can find like awesome numbers every single week on golf tournaments here at Circa. So I wouldn't exactly be telling people, you're never going to get my business. Screw you. Right. I will pass up on, and this is just theoretically, but I will pass up on, you know, Patrick Cantlay at 23 to 1 to go get him at 13. Yep. Right. Exactly right. Uh, so feedback here, FTM at vcin.com. This is from Phil, who's been betting sports for 35 years, and as he says, not recreationally. I love this competition and disruption of a business that long had it coming. I own two limousine companies. Don't you think I was squeezed when the app services were given permission to operate? You guys constantly compare the high prices and lousy taxi service to the ease and low cost of Uber and Lyft. Wait until these big nationwide services come in and disrupt your Vegas sports books. Time for them to change. That's from Phil, who's been doing it for 35 years. Yeah. Well, and... I can understand that line of thinking, but again, for you as a better, what is important, right? Again, when you're talking about actually betting and taking it seriously, if you've been betting for so long, if we're telling you, and just in this instance, that the one book that you're saying that you don't want to go to anymore has the lowest theoretical hold on their golf odds, and you're a regular golf better, mm. why would you turn that down? Because sure. maybe down the, down the line, right, Patrick Reed might pull out with a back injury, and you might get some bad beat insurance on something like that. Sure, right. And you have to have that guy that week when it happens. That's the other part of it. You know what right, I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and Circa, by the way, they have awesome limits. Mm-hmm. And they will let you know what those limits are. This is from, well, there's no name on this one. Definitely not a win. It's either a push, karma credit, or most likely a loss. I totally agree with the injury analogy take that you threw out there on JVT. This is from Barry. My book simply voided ROM bets. Thinks that's fair. Yeah, refunds. Yeah, instead of paying them out, you can do that too. Again, it, it's always, and I hope we're being clear, like spots like FanDuel, DraftKings Point, who are doing this, like that's good on them. Like for I, very yeah. much so, sure. that's great and honorable. But for any, any book who wants to say, no, it's a loser. Yeah, it's a loser. When, when uh, Dustin Johnson, 
what what major was it that he pulled out back injury right before it started right like so like things yeah. like that or like plays a hole and then pulls out because of a right. back injury something right. like that like you can understand totally but at the same time like it's action it's going to be a problem yes this is from Brock like you said no guarantee he wins I got the shaft at an odds boost with Harden game one plus two fifty to score twenty five points yep and out of the game one minute in bam there you go yeah um. This is from Andrew Brown, the ROM situation. Hey, guys, uh, I'm completely against payouts and refunds for what are losing bets. Learn to lose. Anyone who has ever laid down a single dollar to gamble has taken a bad beat. It's part of the deal. For every bad beat, there are lucky winners. Lucky winners that will gamble again off a lucky win. That's how it works. Where does it stop? Uh, Take a loss. Be grateful for a win. Simple. That's from Andrew, who chimes in. And there are plenty of other people who are, you know, thinking along the same lines, like, eh, this is a slippery slope to be going down. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I get it, like you said, for these books that are operating like this now, including DraftKings, points bet, they're doing it. Um, that's kind of their MO, what they've done. The Karma Committee has said in before. It's uh, kind of cool to have a winner when you wake up, when you thought it was a losing ticket. My whole point is, to reiterate here again, to, in the, the probably like not like the threat probably isn't real. Like to tell sports books, you're never going to bet there again. Um, you're never going to get my money. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a customer there. And then for other people to say that the response to Matt Metcalf on Twitter was, "How was it a losing bet? How was it a losing bet?" <laughs> that's that's so, insane to me. That part. And I'll tell you. So, for example, last year the Westgate Superbook had a win totals contest in the NBA. Yeah, it was the first time they did it. Uh, but the season gets cut short. So me, I go to the Westgate Superbook once everything reopens, and I'm like, go get my entry fee back, whatever. And I get told, oh, no, wait, no, here's the rules. It was 42 games to play for action, right? So technically, oh. the contest was still on, and that you could have gotten some of the decisions you know, underway. So, yeah, that sucks, but you got to understand what the rules are. Sure, of course. Right? And that's you just, another okay, thing, yeah. you take it and you go. Like that, again, you can, you can disagree with, hey, I don't like those rules, and it's within your right to go wherever you want. But in an instance like this, where this is something that is insanely unique, right, in terms of just the way he went down, and again, it's just injury-related. If he goes down, there's no complaints about something like right, this. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's the weird, like you said, people are almost trained to this point. And I think it's, I think it's actually pretty incredible, like from a psychology standpoint, how quickly it's only like, been a we couple have of years. been trained to, like, to expect something like this. Yeah. That's what I find absolutely nuts is, like, after just a few years of this going, oh, oh wait, where's, where's my payout? What's going on here? Like, this is a bad beat. I want my stuff back. Like, and that's, then, and then, I think that's incredible. Exactly. And then to follow that up and then voice your opinion like that as well, <laughs> right? And shake your fist at the air. How um, dare you? This is from Robert. It's the participation trophy mentality coming to sports betting. Uh, recreational player, not betting a lot of money. The bad beats are part of the deal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We are kind of the sounding board today to what people are saying. We're getting on both sides of the aisle. And I think it's a really good conversation. Um, and if you miss it again, first of all, again, to go back and talk about how CBS handled it, boy, was that bizarre. Yeah. I mean, they told him the news after 18, and he, like, he completely doubles over. Like, what the hell's going on? Nance had no idea. He definitely, it looked like he had been, like, it looked like he almost, like, something tragic had happened in his life. Yeah. I, yeah. I am really surprised they didn't wait to, like, bring him into the clubhouse, talk to him, and then, and then release a statement afterwards or something like that. Yeah. Like, to immediately tell him the second he's walking off the court, oh, oh by the way. Yeah, you're done. Yep. 
you have COVID. You're the loser. Which, by the way, it paid like, I think, $1.6 or $1.7 million to the winner. Yeah, that $1.6. Sorry, bud. Oh, that hurts. By the way, really quickly, my dream has always been, you know that like middle-tiered professional athlete, like long middle reliever, long snap yeah. or whatever? PGA Tour guy makes the cut every single time. Yeah. Wouldn't you take that career every time? 100%. Never win one. You just always make the 100%. cut. 100%. Or low-end, like right. fringe, like PGA golfer. Yep. Nobody could pick you out of a lineup in a thousand years. Yep. But you, you get to play like the best tournaments and the best golf uh, courses in the, in the world. You always finish like top 50. Sure. You make just tons of money. <laughs> I mean, it would just be awesome. What a dream. Yeah. Uh, Robert said, I had Matsuyama over Ram. He wins at plus eight. <laughs> oh. That's so good. Yikes. Good for you. I know. Um, See, there's always another side. On the other this. side, That's sure, so where it comes great. in. That's a good feeling. Updated series prices after the weekend. Little NBA uh, is $2 too short when you have a 1-0 series lead. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 